Okay. Welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today I have the lovely Steph Noble, who we've been speaking for a good like 10 minutes already, so I thought we probably should start <laughs> recording now. But she is the president, well, co one of the presidents of a new federation which is coming to the UK. Some of you would have already probably heard about it by the UK DFBA route, but it's the WMBF UK federation now the main reason why i wanted to get stuff on board and on this podcast because there's some really interesting differences and you know me i like to educate as much as possible and some of you potentially don't know this new federation i thought it'd be good to kind of get it out there so welcome my lovely to the podcast thank you jasmine thanks for having me on and i think this will be really useful for a lot of people who are maybe interested in natural bodybuilding maybe want a new platform to come and compete on. And certainly it has been in the UK just under a slightly different way for, gosh, the last sort of 10 years. But the WMBF, the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation, is where really the elite natural bodybuilding, I would say athletes from all over the world, we have 50 affiliates across the world compete in each of their countries, of course, and then come across to compete at a world finals, which this year will be in Vegas in um, November. So everyone's very excited about that. And fingers crossed, we can actually travel. That'd be great. <laughs> Look, if yeah. worse comes to worse, we'll just get like a thousand pigeons and they can just like get us over. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And any way of travel, anybody's got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just to confirm this, so the from what I understood, because one of my athletes, a really good friends of mine, Holly Davidge, uh, she yep. competed with the UK DFBA and the, I forgot what the Irish version is called off the top of my head, but she did. IMBF, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. it's I-N-B-F, yes. Um, That's the actual ranks for the WMBF and, and yeah, you've got the Irish affiliate as well, yeah. Cool. So just to confirm with this, with, the, with going to the WNBF Las Vegas, Mm-hmm. Is the WMBF UK show you're doing the only way you can get there, or is still UKDFBA involved in that? Just so I can kind of get get it clear in my head. No, I think it's a great place to start. So the only way to compete with the WMBF is now through the WMBF UK. Our show they were they used to be the affiliate for UKDFBA, but that is now no longer the case. And so we've actually taken the WMBF UK as a sole federation now for putting natural bodybuilding on the map for WNBF um, affiliates so basically this is an amateur and a pro qualifier so it's for people who anybody who loves competing and wants to come and have their opportunity to compete on the WNBF UK stage in October will have the opportunity to then be qualified as one of our amateur team or pro team we will be giving out pro pro cards for that um, event to take a team of both amateurs and pros across to Vegas for the world finals. This year we're doing, um, of course, because of how quickly things kind of moved, WMBF came away from UKDFBA. We were um, approached to take up the presidency for the federation. We went pretty straight into it with thinking, let's, instead of doing qualifiers this year because of the nature of COVID, we would just set an open finals where everybody is welcome to come and compete mm-hmm. at this year's event. Next year, we will be doing the normal way of qualifying for a finals event, which will be, we'll have three, we're currently working on it, but we'll have three qualifiers throughout the year, throughout the country, which will then, of course, result in the finals to then 
be a qualifier for that world next year event as well yeah. I'm so glad I asked that question because I just I wasn't too sure and I was like do I ask it but I'm glad I asked it because I think a lot of people will have that same sort of question too I think yeah I think it was it was quite a shock if, if anybody's in the natural bodybuilding community it was quite a shock for a lot of people because it's really renowned that WMBF for anybody who's passionate about being a natural bodybuilder or who anybody who really wants to kind of get to that that um pro status the WMBF is the, the pinnacle of our sport it's like the IFBB side but for natural sport and so for us when it when they broke away from UK the FBA it was quite a shock it was it was like oh my god this means we don't have a route to go to the WMBF and that's why of course Andrew and I jumped in and and we didn't want to lose that both of us are are pro WM are WMBF pros it was going to mean that I wouldn't be able to compete anywhere it was going to mean that a lot of people wouldn't be able to compete so we we have a lot of insane natural talent in the UK and we wanted to make sure that that opportunity wasn't going to be missed which is which is of course why we we put on the map for for Halloween this year 31st I was thinking of 31st I was like is that Halloween I swear <laughs> we didn't we did not plan that by the way it was completely <laughs> by accident <laughs> Yeah, it was completely by accident. Um, we actually came up with a name for the Supernaturals, you know, the Supernaturals final qualifier for WMBF UK, and then realised that the venue that ha- we were looking at only had the 31st. So it all seemed to kind of work quite nicely. It was meant to be. There meant to know. be. Some things happen for a reason. So you've briefly <laughs> touched on the fact that you are a WNBF pro. So yes. let's quickly run over you cool what's your like route like what is your journey in a like snippet with competing and does this mean that you're not going to be competing anymore with like but what's how is that kind of going to work so I know some people might ask if you're running the UK federation does that mean you can't compete or you do still compete but maybe in Vegas like how does that work as well sure okay so in a snapshot and um, some of your listeners might know my journey but if not there's tons of my podcast stuff will explain it all in detail if anybody wants to go and dig into that but um long long story short I started in 2011 at the NPA the Natural Physique Association and from there worked through the natural federations with NPA, BMBF, UKDFBA mm-hmm. and um eventually took my pro card um with the BMBF so I'm a DFAC pro which is the drug free drug free um world coalition pro card in figure mm. and then in 2019 I qualified at UKDFBA finals I had to had to come away from pro status to re-qualify through the amateur ranks to then get to the WMBF pro status as um, pro fit body mm. so I hold two natural pro cards um, I've been on the natural circuit for the last 10 years I've competed with NABA as well competed with NABA universe in 2019 took third on that stage which I love and to answer your question in terms of does it stop me competing? No, not at all. I compete. I can compete where where I want to compete uh-huh. if I want to compete wherever, and that rule applies to anybody who comes on our stages. We don't we don't I suppose have any sort of qualms with anyone competing anywhere. We love the sport and we want to see good people compete everywhere. That's nice. the nature of, of of fair competition. So I like hearing that stuff. It's nice. Yeah, it's really important though because if you love bodybuilding and you love training for it then to have the opportunity to choose your federations and to cross and, and see yourself on different platforms is vital for your own personal development, your own physical development. 
Um, and for me, it's all about the sports, about collaboration of the sports. So I'll be hopefully competing. Well, I certainly will be competing at WMBF Worlds, not this year because I'm focused on the shows. <laughs> but um, that will be that will be a goal of mine because I did did qualify to get to the pro status. I would love to compete with the girls up there. But there are lots of federations in the UK that are on my map, and I would love to have a goal so that you know, for me, because I've gone through the natural federations. I don't have a lot more on home soil that I can do because I've done them. So the only other opportunities to me are with other federations and I would love to have that opportunity. So who knows? Not sure yet is the answer. <laughs> I like that. I like that answer though. I like that answer for many reasons. So no, I like that. So next one, I want to say Voldemort or the elephant in the room. I'm, I like a good saying, but I'm not very good at them. But the... Drug side then, talk to yeah. us about the drug testing element, because I think there are some federations, I don't, as I say, I don't know the ins and outs of this, so that's why I've got yourself here, but I know there's potentially some federations where they say it's natural, but then they only test like a couple of people, or some of them test all of them. What is the WMBF going to be doing with drug testing? And also, how does it work as well? Yeah, sure. Okay, so... To kind of give the listeners an overview, um, at any proper natural bodybuilding federation, drug testing is the essence of natural bodybuilding and should always, always be kind of the major top priority for, for the federation. So the INBF, which is the amateur rank of WMBF and the WMBF, which is, is what we are, has had a 32-year history of world anti-doping rules in terms of being the backbone of the reputation to a strict adherence to a, a criteria of kind of drug testing rules that athletes have to go through. Mm-hmm. And for athletes to um, compete in natural bodybuilding, they have to be quite open to knowing that, that there is an element of testing that goes on within the sport. And I think one of the reasons when we kind of set up the call with, with Bob and Tina, who run WMBF in America, was to ensure that in the UK there was proper standards being met. And so the use of performance or image enhancing drugs, of course, are strictly prohibited in natural federations. Um, We endorse what's called the WADA code. So there is, like in any uh, top sport across the world, uh, athletes have to band list. The WADA band list um, can be found online. I'm sure I'll give it to you, um, Jasmine, to, to link. But all athletes really must adhere to the prohibited substances and methods list. So on the day of a show, athletes will be subject to testing in terms of two different types of methods. They'll be drug tested in terms of urine sample. And those urine samples will be testing for pretty much every drug or every sort of um, SARM drug, prohibited banned substance you can think of that's on the WADA list. The other side of that is also doing what's called a polygraph system, which is a deterrent system for people who, you know, are totally clean. You shouldn't have an issue with doing that. If somebody is is worried about that, there are actually questions that are asked before those those polygraph testing to to kind of iron out any concerns because it's natural. You're going to be nervous when you're doing something like that. Okay, so Holly was shitting her pants when she did hers. She's like, she goes, my heart rate is so bloody fast. She goes, I think it's going to, like, I know 100% like, you know, natural and stuff, but it was so funny because I I said, why are you worried? You're fine. And she's like, nah. 
like just being interrogated is just scaring the hell out of me. She goes, yeah, I and it's anxiety when a police person tries drives past me. So I was like, oh bless. So how does yeah. that how does that side work? Okay, so um well there's a list of so I've been I've been through many in my career and they are horrible. I'm not going to lie. You know, they they're not they're not they're not easy, but they are they are straightforward and if you don't have anything to hide you'll get through it very easily put it that way they're not there to be scary you know horrible people they're there to obviously calm you down and they have a list of roughly 10 to 12 questions which they're going to ask you which are things that are related to the federation for example obviously with the WMBF athletes must be 10 years drug free and that means of prescription or pharmaceutical hormones or prohibited substances etc 10 years drug free um, and that will be obviously one of the questions, you know, have you taken anything within the last 10 years that would be on that list? That's kind of average question. Other questions might entail, um, have you been, and I'm just pulling out of thin air here, but ones that I've been asked in the past, things like, have you ever been purposefully deceitful to cover something up or, you know, something like that, which some of these questions, people can kind of think in different ways. The, the, the test is not there to catch out people who are clean. The test is there to dig into the kind of psychology and what's going on physically. And you're, you know, you're in a chair, you, you are chilled out. They tell you what's going to happen before it happens. They give you, you know, if, you, if you've been somebody who's had recreational drugs and things before, that's not going to count. Don't worry. You know, things like stuff that's normal that you might have done in your life isn't they're, that's not what they're looking for. So it's all designed really around key questions in respect to the drug testing protocol for the Federation. And, you know, if they feel like something maybe is, is somebody's extremely nervous or has anxiety or has, you know, tr- struggle panicking with things, there's ways and means in which they will discuss those things before so they can record a base level of what your anxiety is before you begin. And then they can measure off the back of that rather than going, okay, this person's coming and their nerves are going like this, 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 and this. They'll figure out where those base levels are and then they'll work out through the testing, obviously, what is is deemed as honest and what is, is not. Yeah. Because I can imagine, like, I don't know, I think I must be recording this from, like, a TV thing I've watched, where they start with, like, questions of, like, do you like monster or something? I'm saying monster, I can look <laughs> at monster right now. But they say like, sometimes they start with like basic questions and then they like start up. But does it, how long does it take? And is it done before the show? Is it done the day of the show? Because I can imagine from like perspective for you guys, it's the number mm-hmm. of logistics that you have to kind of like manage in terms of a time point of view. Yeah, so I mean, every federation does it differently. At, technically, at a world finals or a, a British finals, you should be getting all of your athletes to do the polygraph before they compete. So, you know, the, the, you should have a time. When I've been to any British qualifier, for example, you get a time slot before or on the morning of. You go down and you have your polygraph test. It can take usually up to about an hour. And that's, that's where you'll go in and you'll do, of course, exactly what you've just said. You get given a base level um, amount of questions, you know, is your name Steph? Yes, no. You know, is it, is your, is your hair pink today? Yes, no. Base <laughs> questions that, you know, things like that, that they can get an understanding of what your honest 
answers are and then they will ask you the, obviously the other questions but yeah that's roughly how long it takes a roughly a, a good polygraph should be taking about an hour it should be under controlled conditions and it should realistically be done before the contest starts so that is that's certainly the case at a qualifier it's slightly different so qualifiers is at the organization's discretion how many polygraphs are done and they may be randomly pulled through the day okay. of a show, or they may be done before. It's up, it's up to the discretion of, of the organiser and also the venue and what you're allowed to do during the time of, of the show and where you can do it, et cetera, all of those things. Okay. This is cool. I feel like I've learned loads. This is cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the, polygraph, the polygraph, people get really kind of caught up on the polygraph. The polygraph is there as to the rest of the world, right? When you're talking natural bodybuilding, people, people I get this all the time. Oh, you can't be natural. Oh, it's not going to be natural show. Oh, it's, you know, you, we've got to have a robust system to be really clear that natural bodybuilding, take it very seriously because our athletes are on, an, on a level playing field. If you want to compete in an open sport using anything else, go, go and do that. That's fine. But we just want to make sure that for the people who really want to stay natural, really want to stay clean and for the sport to remain above board and, and, and sensible and smart is that we have these systems there to deter that getting through does that make sense yeah so um it's having it's having a level playing field for all athletes to jump up on stage and know that everybody has been tested everybody is in the same place and respects the sport of natural bodybuilding yeah 100 yeah. 100% because I just think I don't it, it baffles me that someone would even like try I don't know I just think surely you think you know you're gonna get caught out at some point you can't do a Jeremy Kyle go oh that's a fake test and all this shit stuff like yeah well I mean, people have this is the thing people have been caught a lot of people have been caught and it's it's not a it's it's not a bad thing you know we're not going to be going out naming and shaming people because that's not not the way professional sport in my opinion works mm. but People have come, done the tests, failed the tests, and 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 are no longer, you know, able to do those um, federations. And that's on on them, I guess, in terms of the risk that you're willing to take. Mm. It's bodybuilding, and there's lots of places to compete. So, you know, it's about choosing federations that are really going to help you boost your enjoyable experience of bodybuilding instead of, I suppose, dampening your confidence. Does yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, but the WNBF. I mean, we we are the culture. I want to kind of give my athletes is one of respect, welcome, and really want to give. I I, I just have, I've been in this sport for so long. I love it, and I want to give a lot of competitors the opportunities that I've had mm. as a natural competitor, and pull on really good things from all the federations and really pull them all together. And that's great drug testing an awesome aesthetic of the stage. And then of course the camaraderie and the passion that we give as, as natural bodybuilders ourselves, but what we want to see on the circuit in the UK and really, really work on that, yeah. I love that. So I am going to mention it because it is, again, this is something that I've heard talk about with like natural bodybuilding is I can't, well, I don't know if it's your himbine, your himbine, your himbaba, <laughs> yeah. I ain't got a clue. But that thing, right, is that, that is, according to the WADA currently that is you that natural athletes are allowed to take do you what do you call it your himbean your himbine your himbean your himbean your himbine is, I don't know what way you want to call it, but I know exactly 
of course, what you're talking about. Currently on the WADA list, um, Elaine Bain in season is not banned. There are obviously um, certain substances that may have it in it in combination with other things, which is where I think the gray areas kind of come from. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to be very mindful of what you're taking and whether it's concentrated or not. But yeah, we do get that one a lot. No is the answer initially in terms of Yohimbi as a natural product is not banned in sport. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then leading on from that, which is the real, which is going to nice flow nicely, is when I looked at the, it's the pop, to be really honest, the first time I've ever proper looked at the WADA sort of list that's on your website. I've got to say, your website information is like spot on for the fact that you've never done like a show, you haven't done a show yet. I was very bloody impressed. I was like, this girl's gone to town with this, but it's awesome. Yeah. So there was things about like, oh, what was it? Like not, what, what's, not ca- what's caffeine? That's like a stimulant. That's the word I'm trying to think about. Sorry, I'll get that in the end. So there is, I was when I was looking through this water list, I was thinking, oh, like, are there certain products or certain things that a natural athlete should be potentially a bit more aware of? Because like, I just take a product and I don't really think about anything, but I can imagine for potentially a natural athlete, they might be a little bit like, oh, am I, I'm, I'm worried to take this, this supplement or that supplement. From your own experience, do you think there's certain things where you have to be a little bit more due diligent or look into the ingredients just to double check and that sort of thing? Yeah, so if you're, a, the nat- natural bodybuilding is kind of on the rise. And a lot, of, a lot of people, bizarrely, still don't realise that natural bodybuilding is even a thing. So sometimes people will come around and go, oh, I fancy doing a natural show, and then suddenly realise that they've taken, you know, a pre-workout that might have ephedrine in it, <laughs> say, for example. Um, now, obviously, not many of those are around anymore, but I'm just giving you kind of a, a bit of an extreme just to, to showcase what I'm trying to say. I think the key things you need to be watching out for, and I'm just going to flag a couple of... Um, Good groups. There's obviously on Facebook. If you come on the WMBF community group page, we're going to be answering any questions about substances. So if you post up a picture of a substance, for example, if you post up a picture of say a pre-workout rather than calling it a substance, a pre-workout, and go, hey guys, can I just have a check over this? Now the first thing I'm going to say is if you are um keen to come and compete in a natural sport, check your products against the WADA list and make sure that things in them, I can tell you one off the top of the head that you can find in a lot of pre-workouts, orange peel, for example, are really, really careful to, to view what is that element of orange peel or that element of an extract or that element is in your product and is it okay on the water, on the water bandless, yeah. So there's like random little things that you have to just be careful. Protein's normally absolutely fine. You know, normal supplements are normally fine. The ones to watch out for are, yep, your pre-workouts and any kind of fat burners, which we hear across the um, the industry a lot of. I, I could do a whole podcast on fat burners alone, but I'm not going to bother going into that. Fat burners, guys, like, you know, they're with a lot of other things in them, usually high doses of caffeine, green tea extract, lots of other bits and pieces, charcoal, thermogenic effect substances or whatever. Just be very, very, very careful that those types of things are what you need to be looking at in natural sport. Now, some pre-workouts are fine out of season, e.g. not in your contest prep season. 
off seasons, etc. Okay, but most of these things are banned in season. So when you're in contest prep, you have to be really mindful because when you come to these shows, you, they, you know, BMBF do this brilliantly. We'll be doing the same, which is getting you to write down what what substances or what um sorry what supplements that you've been using over the last however long, so that because somebody might not know because we've had situations where coaches might be giving an athlete a natural fat burner and it turns out to be clenbuterol so you know that's that's just a miscommunication between coach and client but then that means that that client didn't realize and then that competitor is now no longer able to Mm. to compete so there's just you've just got to be mindful of things like that I'm still processing the orange peel yeah I mean there's, there's different things that are prohibited in obviously different kinds of extracts like some bark extracts and things like that that you need to be mindful of. Hmm. So I would just I would just go through with a fine tooth comb. There's also um there's a really really good page on Facebook which I'll link to you Jasmine after hmm. this that is for natural competitors to share products and um one of the drug control officers from the BMBF checks through any substances and gives it yeah fine no that's banned in season or no that's banned out season I feel like I'm learning so much in this episode it's awesome it's so cool I just I just would never have thought like things like orange peel and all that sort of thing are like things to kind of look out for but I have heard like occasionally where people they've taken pre-workout not for anything of it you've mentioned there about in season and off seas out of season and I have written down here that there's an out of season testing so do you just can you just kind of like clarify what the in season and out of season sort of bit looks like for a natural federation like yourself as well? Yeah, sure. So the out of season drug testing program is really for, for right. So if you, if you, if you sign up um, as a member to a federation, like we all have to sign up as a member for that entire year, you have signed up to be a member of that federation now you're not going to be maybe competing the entire year uh-huh. so for some of that time you might be competing and then for the rest of the time you're maybe off season before you buy your next membership or maybe you've already bought two years membership uh-huh. so for the rest of that time you are subject to potential out of season testing if you are somebody that is and it's it's usually you know pro level athletes or higher level athletes that have been on the the circuit a long while maybe competing across the board and if requested and I've been I've been in this situation and I was requested for an out-of-season drug test by the BMBF in 2019 when I was about to compete you go you go and you do an out-of-season drug test so that they if you are holding status with a federation or if you are in their season at that current time they have um, the ability to, to check that everybody is above board even when they maybe aren't competing at that exact moment in time and that's it's it's not going to happen every single day but it's to 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 be legit as an organization as well because if you're just testing on the day then you know that's all well and good and of course you've got to have both those stringent drug testing policies but if you want to really show your natural organization as doing it properly then you need to be doing these out of season testing programs as well which we, we did one last week or was it the week before where Andrew went across to Glasgow to drug test one of our pros all went absolutely fine you know it's just one of these things that we have to do every now and again to make sure that 
that status is being upheld. Mm. No, definitely. The next thing that I saw on your website as well was the biological passport program. Could you explain what that is, please? Yes. So the biological program, I mean, I'm not really going to spend too much time going into that one, but only from the point of view as it's more information that may be needed on a grander scale with okay. a very specific scenario. So it doesn't, it is irrelevant for the amateur competitor coming in at this cool. stage. Yeah. That's so I, I really don't want you to worry about that at all. <laughs> That's fine. I just thought I'd double check all areas. <laughs> No, no, you're right. You're right to do. You're absolutely right to do so. But no, that's a very specific. That's for very specific scenarios. So, I mean, the main things that anybody coming to compete would be would be required to understand is that they may have to do a urine sample test if they win their show or come top five. They may have to do their polygraph at the final events and maybe and at a regional event may be asked to do one. That's kind of the only things that um, most competitors would have to worry about. Amazing. Okay, right. I have now. Oh, last thing. Sorry, I've got two sections. It's like the drug test inside them. We're going to go into the categories and the differences. So the only last thing I have here is exceptions with drug testing. So I saw something on your website in relation to say someone's diabetic and they're having to use insulin for a health condition. Where does that line or what, you know, what sort of things do people need to be aware of if they have got, you know, if they do take medication for a certain reason, what is the protocol and what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a really good one. So if anybody is um, currently using any medication, which means that you may be in, I, I hesitate to use the word violation of the WADA rules, but say that for just insulin, for example, if somebody needed that, we have something called the therapeutic use exemption form. It's called a TUE and you can get it from your doctor. And you can obviously, it just explains that this is because you need it for medical use and that it shouldn't then stop somebody being able to compete. So it's just, again, giving fairness to any athlete who may be, as you say, on a medication that is specifically for their health. We've, we've just actually passed a TUE for a guy coming in to compete in, um, in October, and it's absolutely fine. You know, every, every single one of these, though, will be taken in an individual circumstance and will be checked clearly. And then if the TUE is all fine and dandy, then yeah, the, the athlete can come and compete. And there is a section on therapeutic use exemption on the website, actually, in terms of of that. So I'm glad you brought that up as well. So anybody who's worried about that, please. um, Yeah, that's that's okay as long as we get that obviously ticked off. Amazing. Right. Next bit, which I think this is going to be another interesting sort of area. And I think obviously for anyone who's wanting to compete with you guys in October and beyond, it's knowing the criteria and the categories. Because I think we mentioned this briefly before we started recording. It's like... There's so many federations now and so many different categories. Sometimes these categories are the exact same across all federations. So it's really, really important to understand that and kind of go through that. So just give a brief overview as to what female categories are available in your federation. Awesome. The good stuff. So figure, fit body, women's bodybuilding and bikini. Figure, obviously, um, is more, if I compare it, because your listeners will, you know, everyone kind of knows the circuit at the moment. Figure is more the toned figure look of the Open Federations. Fit body is your athletic figure look. So you're fit, hard, more conditioned. Women's bodybuilding, of course, that speaks for itself. And um, bikini, of course, being our bikini 
category for the federation, which is that just beautiful, nice, flowing, toned, high glutes, thick legs, lovely look as well. So that's the four female categories that we have. Okay. So I think a big, my heart wants to go with bikini, but I think I want to cover figure and fit body first. So with figure and fit body, if figures class is the toned figure and fit body is technically on par with um, athletic, are the posing or other poses or is the mandatories, are they, would you kind of put them in the bracket of kind of like a toned figure? Like, oh, I don't want to say like, like, you know, like a PCA or something like that. Is it more an IFBB NPC because WNBF, WNBF is in America? Kind of yeah. where, where, where do you sit? Where do yeah, you sit? sure. So the figure class follows more of the NPC kind of ideal. The mm. symmetry encompasses kind of the overall proportions of the physique, the symmetry of the physique from top to bottom. And the girls will be going through the rounds of the quarter turns, front side, back side, and will not be doing any of the muscular poses whatsoever. No so overhead, hands over. Yeah, no overhead. So the figure class for WNBF, yeah, figure class for WNBF is about proportion and symmetry. And if you were to watch, yeah, if you were to watch the Olympia and you watch the girls do the four turns, front side, back side, that's what our figure class does. They are judged on, on, on that lovely symmetry, nice muscle tone, stage presence. And then the second round, um, sorry, the third round that the figure, figure class will do is, is the walk. So the stage walk where they'll come on, they'll walk to the center, center back, walk forward to center front, do their four quarter turns and then exit the stage. So that, that's the, um, that's a criteria for the, for the figure class. I've also on the website, guys, there is um, there's videos of the criteria at the bottom of every page of the criteria. And there's also a criteria breakdown document. So I would love the fact that you mentioned the website, Jasmine, because one of my my um, massive things about the bodybuilding industry is being not being able to get all the information in one place. I was just about to interrupt you and say how bad some of them are, because they actually are so bad. They are. Some of them are tragic. Some of them are so, 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 so bad. And for me as a competitor, because I've been on both sides of the coin with this, mm-hmm. I, I, I have been longing for that website that shows me what the criteria is, what they're looking for, clear explanation, what's going to happen on the day, and just a website that I can arrive on and go, I can't wait to compete with these guys. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted. Um, so when it came across, 100% came across. I was like, wow, this is like, I was so impressed with how much detail there is and how clear the criteria is, like all of it, like top bloody points for you. The other question I have um, in regards to figure and fit body, you know, some categories, so categories, some federations have a routine, some, ca- some federations have an eye walk, some federations like FitEx, they give you the option of a routine or an eye walk, where where do you guys sit on that? Yeah, so we, we actually had a long debate about this before we, we put the criteria together. So for fit body, now fit body, when we're looking at that, that's gonna be, you know, your more athletic, hard trained look. And um, my look, you know, that, that harder, bigger, thicker frame. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be looking at three rounds there and we undenied about the walk and the routine. 
I am a bit of an old school going back to the old days of the females, you know, the female bodybuilding and figure class being able to actually have chance to routine and display their physique in quite a nice creative way. So we've actually put the routine into the fit body class. So for women's bodybuilding and fit body, you guys will be required to do a 60 second stage routine. And then of course the, the, the actual criteria for the fit body is the muscular poses in heels, for the women's bodybuilding, it's the muscular poses, not in heels. Mm-hmm. And for the for the fit body, it is a case of you will be doing this the specific WNBF poses, which they do have specific chest and side tricep shots, back double bicep, front double bicep shots, and an abdominal and thigh shot as well. And you will be obviously judged on the specific look of those shapes because that's what they want exactly for, for when we come over to the worlds as well. Okay, cool. So just to confirm with the figure, it's I walk only. That's correct? That's right. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so going on to, I think let's go on to the rounds, the different rounds that are in different um, categories. So I saw something which was very interesting is about wearing a black only suit. So I want you to kind of talk at me about these different rounds. Are they the same across all the um all the categories does it depend what are the key things that people need to know because you know what happens they're like, oh I didn't realize and they turn up and they haven't got the right thing so what are the right things that people need to do in recordings to these rounds and what are they yeah okay cool so pretty much every one of the categories has either two or three rounds the rounds will always be judged in terms of you'll have your, let's, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start with bikini. Round one is a, what, what we're calling a fitness and balance round. So that's really where we're going to be looking at the overall flow of the physique, the um, symmetry of the physique, the muscle tone, the, the lines and where they're placed. And we're not going to be looking at overly conditioned physiques. So bikini is, of course, that, that nice soft fullness and tone. The the second round for the bikini class is going to be the stage walk. That is the overall appearance of the athlete where we're going to be taking in the overall aesthetic and look of the, and the presentation of the physique. And of course, everything, the execution of that is, is going to be kind of judged as well. In terms of the actual attire. So again, we wanted to bring back an element of classical bodybuilding and posing to this federation But it does depend. And I'm glad that you've asked the question and I'm going to write it down and put this on the FAQ page for anybody that's not sure. In the bikini bikini division, athletes are going to wear your normal two-piece bikini, the tie back, cross back. And obviously you can choose what color, what type of um, material, what kind of rhinestones you want to be using. It can be multicolored or a solid color. It can be a two-piece with different fabric. It's absolutely up to you. Um, and that's kind of the the only caveat is that we want to make sure it's a Brazilian cut. We don't want thongs. We don't want any micro cuts. So we want to keep it really nice and classy. Um, and then the heel height of the shoe for bikini class is up to the discretion of the athlete. We have, however, though, thank you, Jasmine, given an example on the criteria of some of the shoes that we really, really love to see on our stage because we feel when, and this is, this is something we were speaking about before, Jasmine, Something a lot of people don't take into consideration when they're wearing the shoe is how that that can affect their symmetry. When you wear a very high platform, 
And this is dependent on your leg height, leg length. So please don't take this as gospel. But if you're somebody with extremely long legs and then you go and put a really long platform on, you're elongating yourself even more. If you're somebody with um, a shorter leg and then you wear a platform, that's probably going to be quite good for you because you're, you're elongating your leg. So there's differences. And I would definitely talk to somebody who, if you've got a coach or if you're working with opposing coaches, is something I talk to the girls about in the studio all the time, is what type of shoe is going to benefit your physique and make sure that in the symmetry, you are being judged correctly. So a good rule of the thumb for us is always having a shoe that's flush with the floor because then your natural physique is being displayed the way it needs to be. Um, and we've given some examples there. I was literally just going up to it. I'm going to literally say the styles that Steph has put down here, but it's not because you have to wear this exactly. No, don't, don't go OTT. But we have the Chic 08, Gala 08, Gala 08 MG, Caress 408, Bell 308. So included in that, you could do a Chic 01, you can do a Gala 07, but it's mainly looking at the shoes which haven't got a platform or the chic which has like a tiny 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 platform but it's very very small um so yeah I think I am going to be doing something on the website just so it's really really clear for people as well and what I was saying to Seth again before we recorded like this is a completely different like perspective on shoes that I've never ever heard before um but I think it's like I love that you this is from your own experience and you're putting it straight into your federation and I think it's amazing to do that so yeah I was yeah and I'm, I'm glad we're speaking about it because because I'm because I'm a posing coach I'm a coach I've been competing for many years I've seen and judged you know many different shows I feel very very confident in in sort of the I'm thinking very much from a judging perspective here because I sometimes think that we can get carried away with um, the the glitz and the glam, and forget that sometimes this is comp- this is a competition that needs to be judged. And you don't want to do anything that's going to throw yourself off. So for me, it's about it's about being being specific on that. I think within the bikini class, though, um, and to anybody listening, please know that you know platforms are allowed if you want to wear them. I don't want anyone to feel like we're saying you cannot do this, but I'm just giving some perspective. And it may require you looking at your physique and making a good judgment on what shoe is going to be best for you. And this is this is for um, your success in all other federations as well. It just may, may be that nobody's actually spoken about it before. <laughs> yeah, because like for me being completely honest and obviously judging um, judging the physics shows and then looking at the shoes, I've I've kind of taught myself to kind of switch off from the shoe they're wearing. But I still kind of, I do get the perspective where you're coming from though. And I think this is why I just love this sport because it's just, it is, and with judging, it is different perspectives. So just to confirm then, because obviously I've gone out to put this on my blog and I want to make sure this is 100% correct. So we've got on your criteria, high heel shoes are required, high at the athlete's discretion, um, however, without an excessive platform so we've got the poise 508 as well which isn't on the criteria but that technically like it falls into that sort of bracket it's like a five inch with a very like a similar sort of size platform to a chic 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 I can never say that word so would would you class that as still in the same sort of bracket if that makes sense yeah 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 absolutely I think you know guys like if it's if it's like a half an inch an inch platform you know that that's as well. It, when it starts to get like this you know and that's like that that they're coming up to that two and a half three 
inch on the front of the foot. So when you're a judge and you're looking up, you know, you guys are, the, the, the competitors are up here. And if you've already got a platform here, you're kind of, you're kind of having to then take that off. Like you say, like you've just said, you're trying to blank it out so you can then judge the physique. But that may make the, that um, competitor too, I don't know, a foot taller than the girl next year. And it's sometimes quite difficult. So, I mean, for me, it's just keeping it in a good realm, you know, like a, 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 a small platform, maybe to about there is going to be about enough and then and then yeah the rest is um you're not going to be I'm not going to reprimand you put it that way but at the same time I think it's important that if you're going to come up and 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 want to be fairly then choose a shoe that's going to help you as well that's the thing like I like what you're saying here because it's it's your personal perspective and it's what like every federation has their certain thing that they yes. like they feel strongly about and they feel strongly about for a good reason it's from experience it's from 10 years experience that you've been doing it so like yeah I'm down for this and I'll obviously make sure with you whenever I put it on the blogs that it's going to be a hundred percent like spot on because I know these like these are the sort of questions that I think sometimes aren't really covered in detail but they are from my experience they're the ones that get people so stressed because they're just like is this the right thing is this the right thing what do I need to be doing so no this sounds awesome what would be great Jasmine is if even if you wanted to pop on and do an Instagram live on our page for example and show a few shoes and go here's some shoes yeah that'd be sick I'm down for that so let's talk about so that's obviously what we spoke about with the shoes is across all categories women's bodybuilding obviously you do not wear heels so let's go over the this probably should be quite an easy one but the jewelry side obviously what we've got on your criteria is jewelry is permitted body jewelry i.e piercings on your ears for example or maybe belly buttons allowed so as long as it's not offensive other jewelry and she's got in brackets earrings necklace bracelets may be worn but should not obscure the physique or be in poor taste so this is something that i feel quite passionate about because i think it is a personal thing, but one thing that I've really kind of come into my own, um, especially especially when I'm recommending jewelry to people, is I ask them the measurement from their earlobe to the bottom of their shoulder. And I'm like, yep. the reason why I ask you that is to check that you're not going to be wearing Pat Butcher massive disco balls. <laughs> not going to completely, like, you know, as, as you said in your criteria, be a poor taste. Because especially if the top line is being judged, you don't want the jewelry be that thick and chunky like for me I've got the longest neck in history so I've kind of I can just choose whatever and get away with it because I'm really tall as well whereas that potentially a bit smaller um a bit more petite might have to be careful of this so what is your uh, your slash the federation's perspective when it comes to jewelry what sort of advice would you give people absolutely yeah so um I, I think I'm with you Jasmine I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head really I think it's about choosing a couple of pieces you know maybe some nice earrings a bracelet maybe one on each you know one each on each hand if you want we prefer nothing around the neck of course because that's gonna you've got the bikini there anyway that's doing the work and then just just not no excessively over blingy I think is kind of the the way I would describe it pieces so just something that's gonna finish the look off add that lovely like pull into the bikini and the diamond sort of feel without it being kind of exactly as you've said something that's maybe hitting the top line and, and obscuring the top of the clavicles or maybe it's you know I don't know they're so so large that it's actually detracting away from the look entirely 
yeah so I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there and just stuff like you know if you're going to choose things that are on your arm I've sometimes seen people wear cuffs and things like that that they're quite big mm-hmm. and again they're just taking they're causing a slight distraction to the physique so it's again just thinking all the time what I'm putting on is of course for the blow up for the glam to feel awesome to bring that confidence to the stage but at the same time keeping it neat and and classical so that we don't have anything that's going to obscure the obscure the physique yeah 100% I like it when people are on the same wavelength for jewelry because I think I see sometimes people just choose they I, I completely get it though because you see yeah. it on someone that you really look up to but they haven't got the same physique they haven't got the same flow as you and then when you put it on yourself it's not it sometimes doesn't hit the same so I completely agree with that. So you kind you have mentioned already with the bikini suit rules in terms of like bikini, so Brazilian cut. Are you bothered about the top style of the bikini in particular, or connectors or no connectors? That's usually a question that comes up as well. Sure. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely up to the discretion of the of the um, of the competitor. And um, I think it's really the real only thing there is just the coverage on the lower on the lower pant. I think. Um, you know, if you are, if you love the cup, go with the cup. If you like the triangle, go with the triangle. If you like the connectors, go with the connectors. One, I mean, obviously, some people do go with like straps across and and do funny things with straps and things like that. I would just go with the the, the, the straightforward bikini look that we go for, um, and then choose whatever um, yeah, is your personality and brings your own flair to it. Amazing. Um, so with the figure, fit body, women's bodybuilding, I'm guessing that's a crossback. Yes, so let me have it explain on that. So, um, and I'm quite glad that you mentioned the black because we've had a we've had a bit of a discussion about this, and we have made a slight tweak. So, fit body figure, women's bodybuilding will all be a crossback bikini, mm-hmm. two piece, of course, and then you can have that adorned with sort of the rhinestones, etc., sequins, etc. Where the color, the, the the black came in. And which has now actually changed to a plain color of choice rather than black, plain color of choice. It's because we're going to be major- the majority of our shows doing a split show. So this will be a pre-judging mm-hmm. and then an evening show. In the pre-judging, the aim here, and taking it back to basics as well, and, and is to really, really focus on the physique in the pre-judging rounds for symmetry and for balance reasons. So we want you guys to save the gorgeous, like, wow factor bikini for the evening show where Just you come. Confirm, this is for yeah. figure, fit body, women's bodybuilding. This isn't for bikini. Bikini can wear the, their normal, beautiful bikini all the time. They don't need plain, they don't need a plain suit okay. at all. Okay. For the, for, because they won't be technically doing the same type of pre-judging as the harder, more muscular classes. Cool. So with the, with the pre-judging there, the aim here is to have a plain color two-piece crossback suit with, that, with minimum decoration. So you can have, you can still have like a little bit of like, say for example, I went for, let me just take the black for example. If I had a black suit, it could be like slightly holographic material. If you wanted it to maybe have one or two bits on it, but nothing like crazy. If somebody even wanted to take it right back and just come on stage in like a really nice um, posing suit, you know, rather than a, a bling bling suit, you could do that in your in your pre-judge as well. The the actual end of the show, kind of where we when we come back for what we would call 
you know, the routines, the walks, the stage presentation, the awards, the pose down, that's where we want to see that wow factor. And see as an athlete, having been through the straight run through shows and as an athlete that's been through the split shows, there's something really special about a split show. You get two very unique experiences. Hmm. You get the first experience of having that very intimate, close judging time, which takes time. You know, when with at the WMBF, we don't want to bring people on and bring people straight off. We want you to have that experience. And then the evening show or the afternoon evening show, as it tends to be, it's a totally different feel. The lights are lower, you're coming out, you're in something really special, and you're there to have that moment on stage on your own. Hmm. And it's different and it and and when I do those types of shows like I just get more I get more stage time I have uh I have two very unique experiences I have two very different sets of photographs I enjoy the experience I have a a slightly different feel with it so that's the way we're going with our show is is more of a split show and if we if every venue allows us to do it that way we will but certainly the 31st of October will be a pre-judging and will be an evening show with a small interval in the middle yeah. Amazing. Okay. Last question. Well, kind yeah. of last question. I'll probably create some more. Does it confirm that it is an, technically an eye walk? It's yes. not a two walk. So in the, um, which, which, sorry, which class are you talking about? Let's go through all of them. That'd be the best okay. way. Okay, cool. So obviously in the fit body class category, that is going to be a routine. Mm-hmm. So you have 60 second routine in the bikini that's going to be an eye walk cool. so you have an eye walk that you get to come out on stage to you obviously center stage back front quarter turns and round and in the figure division that is also an eye walk cool. as well women's bodybuilding is a routine so we have routines for the harder classes and eye walks for the less muscular classes fabulous right I feel like I've ticked off every single thing so I'm very very impressed with myself <laughs> I want to ask, is there anything for you being a competitor and now you've been on the other side and having to you know do all the behind the scenes all the stuff that people don't really know or realize <laughs> is there been anything particular that has surprised you that you didn't know as a competitor um yeah I think you don't realize as a competitor about how much investment goes into running a show Mm. you don't realize um the amount of of kind of capital that that the the organizers of the federation are 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 putting into it to ensure that the experience is something quite quite unique and special and I think I didn't realize before because actually no federation explained this to me and now I want to explain this to our, our 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 um athletes is why you're paying a membership fee, what that membership fee is for. The membership fee for us and for the other federations I've competed with with, within natural sport is for your drug testing protocol. It's for your drug testing. It's for um, the ability to put on a show with volunteers. We don't pay our staff. It's for obviously the the show experience that you're getting to pay for the venue, et cetera. The membership fee itself is mainly for the drug testing and for the ability to be able to give you a platform of fair natural sport. So um, to your listeners, to give you an example, for us to test one person, to send away the urine sampling to our California WADA laboratories and to get that all checked off and to do your polygraphing, the urine sample is about £100 per person. 
And the actual polygraphing on the day is around about $60 per person to the, poly the polygrapher. So you've got the membership covers the drug test. And then people who are being polygraphed, of course, if anybody's been to a natural show, you know you bring your polygraphing fee on the day or you bring it to the, to the day before, depending on where it's going to lie. So I think when people hear, when people look at a membership fee, they go, oh my God, why am I paying this? And why, why do I have to pay that when I've got to pay the entry fee? And it's, it's for that. It's for the drug testing. It's to allow us to give you guys fair sport. That's what it's for. Yeah, it's so, very true. I think there is a lot of costings, a lot of costings up front that you yes. guys have to pay. Um, yeah. That is a big, like, shot. Sorry, you can hear my dogs going off and on. Of course. <laughs> as well. usually Hans is the good one but yeah I think it is I'm glad that you've mentioned that because I think there's a lot of things that have to be paid out for behind the scenes um, it's, massively, it's a massive outlay um it, it's given me a lot more and um, I, I knew I knew a lot of things anyway just from sort of running business and you'll probably sort of feel that as well Jasmine but I think um I think the outlay is definitely now that I am I am really clearly you know doing I'm doing the books for it and making sure the costs are, are kind of adding up and things it is it is a lot and it now means a lot more to me to give people a good a good platform as well because yeah I, I think yeah it's 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 a it's a big cost it's a business as well as being a, a wonderful um organization you have to run it properly to provide the best kind of um, experience for people and that costs money. And, and that's okay though. That's what we're in this for. You know, we're in it, we're in it, we're in it to make sure that athletes have a great stage. And I don't want to sacrifice anything that, other than it being the best it can be. So willing to put that investment in. Yeah, I think if I've learned anything, people that have set up federations, they don't do it for the money. Nope. They do it because they they are passionate about what they want to do. I think some people like think, oh yeah, they're just gonna make loads of money straight away. I'm like, Mm -mm, nope. nope. Those, trophies, <laughs> those trophies you take home, they cost a bloody fortune. So don't break them and take care of them. <laughs> I know exactly. Um, but no, it's 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 gonna be good. It's it's exciting. And I think to draw attention to any questions or think I think you've ironed so many different things out today, which is excellent for listeners. So thanks for that, Jasmine, because that's very helpful for anybody wanting to compete. But well, also um please guide guys go over to the um website everything is on there if there's any questions drop a dm on the instagram we've got all a, a big faq question section on the page there's a there's a tab that's faqs on the website which i'm going to add a couple of these things that you spoke about as well today just so that everyone's got everything in one place as well amazing and the show is when and where cool 31st of october halloween birmingham the crescent theater and this, as I say, is a amateur and pro qualifier for the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation finals show in Las Vegas in November. If we don't get to travel this year, the people who will be given those um, awards will also be given an opportunity to come and compete in 22 as well. So there is going to be lots of opportunities, but um, what I'm so excited about is WMBF has been in the UK, but not as a single entity for a long time. And I can't wait to present the first proper WMBF UK champions and call you guys kind of our first, our first champions of this individual federation. It's something I am so excited about. So don't put this on your calendar is what I'm saying, because it's going to be something that's never going to happen again. It's the very first one. 
and it, it'll be um, it's going to be pretty great. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to presenting those, um, and I can't wait to see a lot of people. We've got loads of entries through already, Amazing. so the numbers are building. So just um, yeah, if you haven't thought about it, please um, give it a think and pop on your calendar. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, lovely. And I hope this has been an interesting episode. It's been a very interesting episode for myself as well. So honestly, massive thank you. I'm going to be leaving a lot of links down below. As I, I keep saying this is the third time, but honestly, I am so impressed with this website. So it honestly <laughs> has all the information. Like it has all the information you need and more. And the videos as well. So yeah, definitely head over and have a look and thank you Steph for coming on. Thank you so much for having me Jasmine and I look forward to hopefully seeing some of you up on stage soon.